0: Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 154 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod and Thanks for joining me again today. Now, this is the third podcast in three weeks. And yet we have tons of stuff to talk about. So we got a lot of news for you. One of the things that Tracy and I are going to cover together is that story of the Montreal uh, journalist over at La Presse who decided he was going to commit multiple federal firearm offenses to prove a point, apparently. The, uh, and he tells us that the Montreal police have given him a pass on the law and the anti-gunners love it. Even the docs jumped in on it, much less uh, Pauly says, yeah. So uh, interesting story, a bit of an update as well to that A tip story that we covered in the last episode about how the Liberals knew that their gun buyback was going to cost $1.8 billion at the very least. And then they come out and they completely and absolutely lie about it nothing's new especially when it comes to bill blair uh, as well we have all of our new merch Trace is going to do a bit of a show and tell uh, on our new clothing line which we worked really hard on actually uh, so hopefully that uh, strikes a chord with you and you're interested in some of it because it does help the ccfr and then i've got a few things to cover with you before all that happens anyway before we get started let's hear from our sponsors a huge thank you goes out to our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers Chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR and the CCFR radio podcast. Check out all their great work at saskriverssci.com. That's saskriverssci.com. And thank you so much to our great friends over at Vortex Canada. They continue to support the CCFR podcast and the CCFR Can't say enough about them. Check out all their great products at VortexCanada.net. That's VortexCanada.net. Vortex, the force of optics. Need a new boomstick? Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR. With a wide selection of guns and top-trending gear for any shooter, they have what you need. Plus, free shipping over $250, which includes ammo, or flat rate shipping of $17 under $250. Some conditions apply. Subscribe to their weekly newsletter to get first access to the hottest deals. CTOMS has been a provider of trauma care training to military and police in Canada for nearly two decades. Now, this emergency medical training is being made available to a wider audience through CTOMS online courses. Go to ctomsacademy.com and use promo code CCFR30 to get 30% off. That's ctomsacademy.com. All right, we are back. So before we uh, move on, I just want to say something. Bullseye North just renewed with us as, uh, as a sponsor for the podcast. We do that about, I think it's six months at a time. And same thing with Ctoms. And, and, and Vortex always renews with us. And Saskatchewan Rivers Chapter of Safari Club International bought years in advance of advertising. So I just, you know, when I hear that stuff, it just reminds me of, of how fortunate and privileged that we are at the CCFR to be supported by all these great members of our community. And, and I just want to say thank you to everyone again, and thank you to our members and our supporters, because it is, it is you providing us the privilege of working on your behalf. Um, and I've said it a million times, but as an individual gun owner, I would be completely powerless if we didn't have the ccfr and if it wasn't supported by so many people i'd just be sitting here angry talking to my other gun owner buddies like this is bs and whatever right like you know without the ccfr and so it is really and truly a privilege to work on all of your behalves and and thank you so much for the support i just that's always at the front of my mind whenever i listen to things like the ads and and think about all the people that are are helping us do this work and and allow us to do the best that we can. I mean, we're fighting the government, man. You know, like, what, what do you want? But, you know, we're, we're swinging for the fences in, in every possible way that we can, and we couldn't do it without all the support. So, all right. Uh, what I wanted to cover with you right now is um, another, yet another, Toronto Police Service officer, a former officer, Ron Chinzer, who's uh, running, I think, for, uh, as um, is going to be running in the next election for MP uh, for the Conservative Party. Uh, rejects another, yet another TPS officer rejecting gun bans as a reasonable and rational approach to reducing firearm related violence, as well as another one from uh, that came from the uh, Calgary Police Service as well. Anyway, I just want to show you these clips really briefly. Check it out. Well, let's first, let's
0: take that billion, scrap that whole gun ban idea. Let's put it towards strengthening our border technology, and technology. Let's put the other half towards strengthening communities and people themselves so they don't end up on this pathway. Sometimes people hear that and they said, oh, guns are bad. Listen, Guns are used for hunting, they're used for sport shooting. Um, Guns aren't necessarily bad, it's the people and the intention behind the gun that's bad. But what's happening is, is the federal government wants to take a billion dollars towards a strategy they implement it, and this has no result in the intended outcomes to reduce violence involving firearms throughout the country. Right. We haven't seen any of that yet. 85% of crime guns are coming from the U.S. Let's take half a billion. Let's strengthen up our border through either more staffing or better technology to be able to catch these guns coming in, Right. utilize joint force operations. Let's work with the United States to be able to prosecute these bad guys and girls that are bringing in guns in our country. And then let's take the other 500 million, and let's put that towards root cause solutions to be able to mitigate the risks and social issues. But we know if we can comprehensively support all of those, we're less likely to have people get involved as either a criminal or become a victim of a crime. Yeah, we do see some. Uh, so uh, ghost guns or uh, personally manufactured firearms, for sure. Uh, we actually have less personally manufactured firearms than we did last year at this time. Um, but there is that capability out there and always a concern. Uh, definitely we're seeing trafficked firearms coming out from uh, the United States, uh, whether it comes to the mail um, internationally as well. So the majority of the crime guns we're seizing, though, are trafficked firearms this year um, that are coming across the border.
1: Well, I find all this stuff very interesting, right? Because if you remember our deceptive little friend, um, uh, Tlaib Noor Muhammad and his message to me, right, uh, when I was uh, testifying to the House Committee, uh, Public Safety Committee for Bill C-21. I mean, you guys remember this clip. Well, we'll I'm going to show it quick and short. Law, law enforcement are coming before this committee and saying that fewer guns in homes will mean fewer people die. So what else did they say? Well, you're welcome to go back and listen to their testimony. A
0: very strong theme. Most people that are committing crime are with guns, are criminals that don't have the ability to possess them. So it's it's not law-abiding gun owners. Keith has said, um, you know, I would certainly agree with uh, the not- uh, our law-abiding citizens... The city of Toronto's experience is the guns are not from law-abiding citizens.
1: There are all, there are handguns all over, they're all illegal, and they're in the hands of criminals. And that the people that legitimately own them, they're in safes and being taken to gun clubs. The two sections don't intersect.
0: This issue is not law-abiding Canadians who want to own firearms. The... So,
1: I mean, unless we all want to disagree with law enforcement, unless we want to say that the cops who are trying to keep our streets safe are wrong... You know, liberal gaslighting is really interesting to me. How people like Talib Nor Muhammad can just be like, "Yeah, blah 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 blah," and then he looks at you as if, as if you can't hear what law enforcement is saying yourself. And you know, it leaving their mouths coming to your ears into your brain, and you processing. It's like, yeah, they clearly don't agree with this. You know, but yet somebody like Talib Nor Muhammad would be like, "Yeah, see, they totally agree with us, and they disagree with you." It's like, well, that's not what I heard. It's like you didn't hear that. You know, the Bill Blairs and the Marco Mendocinos and the Christian Freelands and the Justin Trudeaus and the David Lamedes, like all of these, these villains, you know, trying to gaslight you. And I, I think one important number that you should remember is 18%. 18% of the Canadian population voted for liberals in the last election, which foisted this semi-demonic government upon all of Canadians, inflicted this government upon Canadians for a period of four years. So these people can be defeated. So, you know, all this talking that we're doing at the end of the day, when you have a chance to vote in the next election, do not miss that opportunity. I don't care if you're in a stronghold conservative riding and you're like, well, my vote doesn't count because conservatives win every year, doesn't matter. We want to win every possible riding that we can, certainly the battleground ridings. And we we want the popular vote to be a definitive and very clear mandate to a conservative government when one gets in. Okay, so don't let, the, don't let that lead fool you. You have to show up no matter what, and you have to bring your friends. You know, you have to really lean on those friendships to be like, listen, I'm taking you and your kids and driving you in my vehicle to the polls. You've heard me say it before, but I can't tell you how important it is. I'm driving you to the polling station, to the polling place, I'll stand with you in line, and we're all going to go vote together. And then I will drive you all home, and I'll show up and feed you hot chocolate or whatever that I have to do to make sure that I make it easy as easy as possible for everybody I know to go and vote. We need a very clear mandate in uh, the next time around. I mean, we've, we've really suffered in Canada under this government, and we can't let that happen again. So anyway, yeah, I mean, these people are just villainous. Anyway, and the last, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is you heard the new theme song. So I put that together. So I slash the CCFR while well, everything that, that I'm doing is just transferred to the CCFR. We own that theme song. So no more, no more uh, uh, copyright strikes, which we, we never get an actual strike, but they're disputes. And, you know, as I mentioned probably in the last podcast, it's like people, we license music and then they try to get revenue from our channel anyway. And then we're like, no, I licensed it. And they're like, yeah, you did. And it just keeps happening over and over. So hopefully that won't happen again because the CCFR owns that theme song now. So anyway, I tried my best to make it uh, as interesting as possible. All right, I've got a couple of more things that I want to talk to you about. I'm going to leave that to the end, but let's get Tracy on the Skype right now. All right, via Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson of the CCFR. Wilson! There it is. All right, How how's you doing? Going?
2: Man, it's busy. We keep saying that every single episode, but it just, it never stops with this government. Crazy busy. Well, we've done three podcasts in
1: three weeks. This is the third, and we've got stuff to talk about, which is crazy, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> you know, one of the other, just to kind of go sideways for a second, one of the other things I was thinking as I was driving home, I to do some clips and a bunch of other work at the office yesterday. So I was here late, but I was, as I was driving home, I was thinking to myself, there's no way that I could do a podcast and a TV show every week like man it's that's oh, a lot of work it it, yeah. it is a lot of work. It's tedious, and it's a lot of work but um anyway this this busy time for me is is I'm kind of getting over it this whole podcast once a week for three weeks thing. you're running around like a mad woman. we're going to talk about that, oh, yeah. and that's coming at least uh going to subside a little bit uh, but uh, but anyway, let's get into it so okay, the first thing we want to talk about is a little bit of an update to a story that we talked about in the last episode, which is that a tip. Uh, that was uh, that was released by the gun blog, and then a story was done in the National Post by Brian Pasifume, I'm, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, um, about the fact that the Liberals <laughs> knew that the buyback, or they had an estimate on, on the buyback of these uh, so-called assault-style weapons was going to cost somewhere around $1.8 billion. And then somewhere a year later, when they actually rolled that out after the shooting in Nova Scotia, <laughs> they... They, Bill Blair said it was going to cost between 300 and, and $350 and $400 million. So flat out lied to Canadians. In fact, just before we get started, I'm going to show a, a clip of him actually saying that. Here it is. And, and so that uh, a buyback of, of that magnitude would be somewhere in the neighborhood of $350 million or to, to $400 million.
2: What are you telling me? That the Liberals lied? That Bill Blair told the public something that was entirely untrue? No way. Yeah, completely I mean, false. this is a, it's a total pattern with these people. They know full well, it's in their own information before they even did the ban that it's going to cost almost $2 billion is their estimate. Government spending the way it is, we know that that's going to balloon considerably more, but comes out and tells the public, no, no, it's only going to cost you taxpayers a measly 350 to $400 million, which is still an incredible amount of money to people like you and I, but not to them. So... Yeah, just totally lied to the public.
1: Yeah, well, and and you see, and it was a, a very calculated lie because he says, oh, a buyback of this magnitude,
2: mm-hmm. right? Like
1: a project of this magnitude is going to cost 350 to four. Like, can you try to make it that that's like the upper limit and, and that they were being honest and really understanding what it's going to cost? And I mean, if you look at the long gun registry, right? Oh yeah, it'll be $2 million. It was 2 billion. It was it went a 1,000 times over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> So you know, know. even their 1.8 billion probably would, you know, shake out at around three to six billion. Who knows, right? Ten billion. Who knows? Oh. Like
2: it's crazy. We don't even know how many are out there, right? So
1: yeah, well, Bill yeah. Bill Blair lies so often. It's it's amazing. I'm not even sure that he can distinguish between what is a lie and the truth. That's how often he lies. I mean, we, I could show. You know what? And maybe as as we get closer to Christmas on an episode, we'll have a little bit more time. and won't be so rushed. And I'll be like, yeah. Here, you know, here's a little I'll stitch together four or five clips of him completely lying and That'd him know that it's these are lies. It's just, yeah, he's really he's really monstrous anyway. Um, so, yeah, so that uh, that came out. Um, let's move on to another really big story, though. And this this one is brand new, which is uh, La Presse, which is a, a publication in Quebec. Uh, there's a journalist <coughs> there named uh, Tristan Pelliquin Mm -hmm. And uh, he decides he's going to break multiple firearm laws, federal firearm (laughs) laws, uh, in the interest of writing a story. And the anti-gunners love it. Tell us what went on.
2: Yeah, this blows my mind, actually. When I first read about it, like, the story is written in French, in La Presse. It's a Montreal uh, newspaper. You know, so I was like, oh, what's everybody upset about? You know, I'm getting tagged in all these posts and stuff. So I actually watched Ian Runkle's video to really understand what it was about. And then I had the article translated. And the article is, buying an unregistered gun is child's play. And he goes on to infiltrate this Quebec Facebook group that is centered around SKSs. And as you know, Facebook does not allow the sale of firearms on their platform. So people use kind of secretive language to still do it in these in these groups, right? <clears throat> so he infiltrates the Quebec Uh, SKS group he violates the Quebec registry buys an an unregistered SKS illegally acquires it he illegally alters the magazine for it just to prove that he can and then acquires steel ammo which is um, which is not permitted in Quebec ranges so he just trounces on all these laws just to prove that he can in an effort to call for more and Paulie Sousuvier and the docs are cheering it on like some You know, groundbreaking journalism, telling us stuff that, A, we already know, and B, breaking the law for the sake of proving that you can, which therefore makes you a criminal. There is no carve-out for journalists to do this, regardless of what Mr. Peliquin says, which is that he has the blessing of Montreal police to do this. They don't have jurisdiction or authority to allow him to break laws. So, yeah, it's a developing story is all I'm going to say about that. But, yeah, it's just unbelievable
1: it's pretty amazing, and and Ian Runkle did um, a video about it, and I watched it, and he's he's right. Um, he's right. He, this this guy trafficked firearms. He did it for profit because he's writing articles, which they're receiving money for. Um, mm-hmm. He altered a magazine that now just the altering of the magazine itself isn't a criminal offense right now. That it will be in Bill C twenty one, so he would have actually got charged for two things, not just. Uh, um, un, um, unauthorized possession of a prohibited <laughs> device, but altering a magazine, but yeah. but all of these charges they're very serious criminal charges, and they could land you in jail. And this guy, like the like this story is wrong on so many levels. Like I and and I'm I'm with you. When I first kind of heard about it, I was like, oh yeah, whatever. But it's like, well, n- number one, Montreal police can't give someone blessing to commit multiple. Federal firearm offenses—that's not within ju- their jurisdiction to do. No, much less if that was really true. Where he talked to them ahead of time and premeditated all this stuff—that that's somehow okay? It's like that's like collusion, right? And, oh yeah. And uh, and the fact that that anti-gunners think it's okay to break the law—I mean, he could have wrote a story like, "Hey, I went to this Facebook group. It looks like they're doing this, and you know, I looked at a magazine. It looks like I could defeat." The, the limiting aspect, the rivet in the magazine, because some other people have done it in the past. And that would have been an equivalent story. But for some yeah. reason, they Instead thought of okay, actually doing it. <laughs> yeah, I need to go do these things to prove they can be done as if nobody, you know, as if people don't know that you can you can commit criminal offenses. And then the anti-gunners think that that's completely laudable. That's that's admirable.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and Polly said, you know, I they quote tweeted me because I was like, wait a minute. What's this? Who does this guy think he even is, first of all? And they're like, you know, accusing me of attacking the journalist. So I'm like, I've never even met him. I have no idea what you're talking about. But they said he's exposing flaws in the law so that they can have more. Right. And I'm like, but wait a minute. So you're telling me that a criminal breaking the law is just exposing exposing the flaws in it? like the mental gymnastics required to write this off as okay because their guy did it is it's abhorrent like yeah anyways I'm really interested to see what comes of this because there's a lot of really upset people who have spoke about this and reported it to multiple levels of law enforcement um I sent the uh, Ian's video and interpretation of what this guy did to a friend of mine in law enforcement and he said the same thing he's like yeah Runkle is absolutely right. This guy just totally trounced on all these laws and nobody has the jurisdiction to carve out, you know, uh, a carve out for, for a journalist. So, yeah, I think Mr. Peliquin is jeopardizing himself, his pal and possibly his freedom. We'll see. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, just the idea that he could keep his firearms license after trafficking firearms and altering a magazine is is that's inconceivable. No. Um, I'll set
2: an inter- interesting precedent if he gets away with this scot-free.
1: Well, yeah, it's it could be a real problem for the legal system. Mm-hmm. And yes. anyway, just it's so ridiculous. And then Polly running around <coughs> waving this story, you know, as if you're waving this altered magazine. See, it can be done. It's like any idiot knows you can you can do that.
2: And we people, just don't do
1: it. <laughs> well, yeah, and then and then you're like, Well, yeah, of course, but all of us people that that abide by the law, it's because it's illegal to do that. That's why That's we don't do it. Point. And they're like, well, but it can be done. This is how, you know, mass shootings happen. It's like, well, any idiot can 3D print a magazine. Any idiot can go across the to the United States and buy a magazine and smuggle at home or fly them over in, in drones or manufacture them themselves. They're not, that doesn't stop mass shootings. It's, man, I don't... <laughs> it's like you can hit these people over the head with a hammer and it won't knock any sense into them. It's like... You know, and, and and let me let me just add this this analogy or this scenario. And I used to do this in the firearm safety course. And I used to tell people, like you know there's magazine size restrictions do not have any demonstrable positive effect on public safety. And they have no positive effect on multiple victim public shootings either, because that's to imply, that if I was intent on on committing a multiple victim public shooting, I would take my gun, let's say my AR-15, I go to the shopping mall, I'd be sitting in the parking lot. I've got my magazines that are now illegally uh, able to hold more than the prescribed number of rounds. And I'm sitting there, I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot apparently the most most people in Canadian history, and I'm gonna be like, wait a second. I have an overcapacity magazine here. I've got several of them. I could face a very serious criminal charge for these overcapacity magazines. You know what? I'm not going to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this is the level of ridiculous buffoonery that we have to face every single day with these people. It's like, if you want to stop multiple victim public shootings, either A, make sure that you harden places where people would go where they know people are defenseless, or B, find out why people are hurting each other and and start dealing with those issues, the mental illness and the and the and the polarization and the division and the devaluing of human life, like... It's like it just it, yeah it's it is to watch this the, this kind of garbage is really frustrating as a as a clear thinking rational person.
2: Yeah, well, it's all the talk on Twitter, and uh, yeah, they are absolutely cheering on someone breaking the law just just to prove that they can. Yeah, it's it's mind
1: blowing. Yeah, what a what a, what a what a just a disaster just to s- sit back and look at you know just what a mess. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So posters to ranges and gun stores are flying off the shelves. It was started a little bit slow, but now they're
2: now they're flying off the shelves, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm telling you, I've spent days down there stuffing posters into tubes, and I am not complaining because I love it. I think I've sent out over 300 tubes already, There's 50 more in there ready to go. These are for ranges, clubs, and stores across the country. We've got them in English and French, so it doesn't matter where you are. We can send them to you. And they're not branded CCFR, so it doesn't matter if you're insured by the other guys or support the other guys. It's not about that. It's about exposing C21. So go to scrapc21.ca, scroll down to the bottom, and there's a button there to order your posters. So make sure you do that. I personally am sending those out. It's me doing it. Um, You can order them there. They are free, no charge to you. Thanks to the supporters and members of the CCFR for funding this advocacy. And yeah, get your, get your posters. Let's get those out. Do it right now.
1: Yeah. So we, I think Mm -hmm. you've sent around 300 posters, uh, poster packs out.
2: Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, yeah, it's sort of, it's a different, (laughs) you know, it's not super glamorous down there in the warehouse stuffing poster tubes. But it's really important that this gets out and reaches the gun owners who maybe otherwise wouldn't be aware of what's going on. Not everybody's as tuned in as we are, obviously, and not everybody's online. So if they wander into one of their favorite gun stores or into their club or range across the country, we want them to know how the government is hurting them with C-21 and what's still coming. So
1: Yeah, yeah. so we want these posters posted in every single range, in every single gun club in the country. So if you've gone to your yep. gun club, whatever, a month from now, and there's no posters up in the ranges, talk to the executive, go, hey, did you get the poster pack so that we know what's going on? And they'll be like, what? And then just go to scrap C21.ca and order them for your range because it's really important that yeah. we get the word out there because there could be an election at any time. And we don't want people to forget what the liberals have done, the liberals and the NDP and the block for that matter, what they've done and, and what they tried to do. These people are nuts. They got to go.
2: They got to go. Yeah. And this is a great way to get the word out. It's very, like, very simplistic, but it's exactly what we need. Absolutely. (coughs) All right. The Gunny Girl calendars. Calendars. So I am picking the calendars up this week, actually. They are ready and they're exciting. Totally fresh look to them. I'm really excited. All new girls this year. So it'll be a lot of fun. Those will be available in the online store as well as some of your favorite retailers. Make sure you're following us on socials. We'll tell you where to get them. We've got a number of calendar signings coming up on the weekend of December 8th, 9th, and 10th. Check out the CCFR Facebook page, like the page, not the group, but the page. You'll find those events there. We've got some in Ontario as well as Alberta. And yeah, this is a great program Um, that supports the CCFR women's programs. So we needed a way to fund range days all across the country, introduce thousands of voting women to the shooting sports, and we needed the money to do it. So we got together a bunch of pretty girls and their cool guns, make these calendars every year, and we're able to raise about $45,000 for our program that way. And everybody's volunteers who does it. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, of course, who doesn't like pretty girls, cool guns, and a great calendar that you can win prizes on all year long. So, yeah. You got that right, Tracy Wilson.
1: Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, again, just as as a reminder, because we have new people all the time that are, are watching the podcast or getting involved with the CCFR, when it comes to the women's program, the kind of stuff that we do are ladies' range days, and we do anywhere from between 50 and 150 of those across the country per year. Yeah. So,
2: like, I'm not kidding when I say we take thousands of girls to the range every year. We literally do. We literally do, and it's a great opportunity uh, for them to try it. Because here's the thing: even if I can't turn them all into gun owners, which would be nice, but uh, but that's fine. I just need them to stop supporting bad liberal policy. And when they come to the range in a safe, cool environment with a bunch of other ladies, we some places we have nice catered lunches and they have a great time. At least they walk away with a better understanding of what it means to our community and why it's important to save it. So yeah.
1: yeah. Why people own guns and why they shoot guns. Right. Because it's mm-hmm. very, it's very easy to throw those things away when, you know, you're like, well, I don't even know why, why anybody needs a gun. It's like, well, there's a bunch of reasons why people own guns. Not that they need them. It's why they own them. So, yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people get the bug when they're like, oh, this is really fun. And Oh you yes, I'd like to get involved in it. so Well, now you can't. <laughs> you can't own any handguns. It's just too dangerous for you to have them.
2: <laughs> well, we always say the very best way to influence somebody's opinions about guns and gun ownership is to literally take them to the range. And, you know, of course, as you know, I, I personally take some friends and some neighbors and stuff like that to the range. But this is a, an organized national program. So it's a, a really great way to support something that would be difficult to do on that scale by yourself. So. Yeah, buy the calendar, buy one for your friends, buy one for your shop. They're not, you know, your typical TNA gun bunny calendar. It's not that kind of project. It's classy, it's beautiful ladies of every every type. And yeah, they're all great friends and we have cool retreat weekends. And yeah, it's something that literally can hang in an in an office environment. It's not, it's not uh, it's not controversial. Yeah. And I stand by that yeah,
1: well, it's the thing. they're not paid models. They're actually people from our community. So,
2: yeah, they're literal actual girls in our in our community. Yeah. so
1: yeah, um all right. Fun. now, very exciting. The yes. day has come. We're going to talk about our uh, our new merchandise. So the CCFR has put a lot of effort into redesigning our entire line with with like new new t-shirts, new hoodies, new products, uh, all different, higher quality than before, fully branded inside and out. We are uh, we're running our own warehouse now. So when you buy something from the CCFR uh, merch shop, it's actually benefiting the CCFR a lot more than it used to. And yes. why don't you start showing all
2: the new products? We got some. Well, I brought some selections home of some of my favorite things, but you are going to have to go to ccfr.ca and scroll down to merch shop and hit the button because maybe what I like isn't what you like. But these are my favorite new hats. I love this. I need a gray and white t-shirt now to match it. I love the way this looks. These are the snapbacks. Of course, we've still got the older... Um, like the original hats all on the website as well until we run out, but we're going with this kind of new look. I love this little circle around here. This comes in a variety of different colors and um, embroidery options. So check that out. These are brand new. The firearm rights or human rights logo on here. And I think, I don't know how it looks on camera, but when you see these in person, it's so impressive. They're embroidered, and it right? really shen- sends a pretty sharp message uh, to the people that you are uh, walking by And yeah, this comes in a variety of colors as well. I really love the black and white kind of classic look, but check it out. There's a bunch on there, ccfr.ca. This is from a new teammate, Ashley. She designed this hat. I love kind of the, um, you know, like the, the, it's almost like camo colors, but it's a, a cool green color. And then I love this especially. This is a leather patch that's sewn right on the front of the hat. Really nice. It's just a cool, modern look, so very interesting. Then for the ladies, we've got these. I've got them right here. I'm actually wearing a pair, not these ones, but a different one. And these are our Team CCFR leggings. So, ladies, throw your Lulu's out. You don't need them anymore. These have a cell phone pocket, or I guess you could almost put a mag pouch in there. Um, On either side, they're a nice, thick, durable quality. They do run a little small, so maybe size up, um, but they're nice and thick, and the reason I like that is so that when you stretch these over yourself, they're not see-through. So, yeah, these are great. Love them. I'm wearing them right now. We've got six new colors of T-shirts. Of course, I can't hold them all up for you, but I brought some of my favorites um, just to share with you. And then a number, a variety of different prints. So we got some of these army green. This is my favorite new T-shirt color. It's sort of like a a sandstone or sandwashed washed kind of look to it really nice comes with a variety of different things printed on the front either the logo firearm rights or human rights or the hottest selling one right now my guns are not for sale (laughs) so I don't know ever since the court decision these seem to be flying off the uh flying off the shelves but the t-shirt itself is very different than the other ones we had sort of that really ultra soft tri-blend before which was incredibly comfortable but very unforgiving um And just didn't seem to hold its texture very well. These new t-shirts are beautiful, super soft, super comfortable, and they're far more flattering. They're going to last a lifetime. And then of course hoodies. We've got a whole bunch of new hoodies as well. I brought a couple here to show you. These are two styles that were done by staffer Steve, and he calls this the Values Print. But it's got a big CCFR logo. Logo, culture, tradition, passion, community. It's got the website down the sleeve and a Canada flag on the other sleeve. And, of course, these are all private labels. So you'll see the CCFR branding right in there. Beautiful, comfortable. The men's stuff fits true to size. So if you're normally a large, get a large. It'll fit. Um, I love this, too, with the circle around it again. It's kind of the gold on black, really, really sharp. These are flying off the shelves as well. The ladies got a couple of new t shirts as well. I'm wearing one right here. And then we've got this really cool army green with the firearm rights, our women's rights. And I know that drives the anti gunners nuts, but I believe it firmly. And then, probably the coolest new product in the store is this. And it is perfect for Christmas, perfect for the hockey season. It's got a real hockey jersey vibe, it is a hoodie. It's got the color, three colors going on in the hood, which is really nice. The cool um, hockey skate style strings on it. There's a pouch in here with uh, like a Velcro closure on it for your phone and stuff like that. It says Team CCFR on the back. Firearmrights.ca at the bottom. Of course, that's where you will find it for sale. It's like a performance wear here, but really soft inside. These run a little small. Uh, This one here is a men's, well, they're unisex. This one is a large. And that's that's what I've been wearing. So if you're normally a large, I would size up a size. Um, we did put a note like that on the website. So if we found something fits a little small or a little large, runs a little big, we put those notes on the website. So make sure you read all that stuff. Um, questions, you can send them to store or shop at firearmrights.ca. My very last thing I want to show you, which is great for under the Christmas tree as well, is a CCFR branded Asobu cup. And this is a name brand. These are really nice, double wall insulated. It's got a rubber bottom on it, so it's not sliding around and and knocking over. Definitely fits in your cup holder in the truck. Um, But just a beautiful finish with the CCFR logo there. The cool thing about it is if you're drinking something hot, like a coffee, it's got your traditional little sippy cup cup, sippy cup side on it however if you wanted to mix yourself a little christmas cocktail it's got a pop-up straw that is not paper and it can stay in there it doesn't matter if you're drinking something hot but i love that because i love cups that are multi-purpose and they're just beautiful sleek and just a really cool size i love it and it also comes in black, so yeah.
1: Awesome, those are laser etched, I think, too.
2: Yeah, they're laser etched, and it's like you, it, that that's not coming off. Yeah, that's it's steel. really, really yeah. nicely done. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. The other thing, um, I I haven't gotten my clothing yet, but I had um, a couple of blanks. Yeah. But those T-shirts, they're very long. So I yeah. bought a couple new T-shirts last summer, and they were short. So w- when they shrank a little bit, like I'm showing midriff, and nobody wants to see that. So
2: <laughs> oh come on, Rod. You don't want to wear the belly shirts?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, there's too much belly for the belly shirt, but uh these shirts are really long in the in the length, which is great. So they'll be good for everybody, right?
2: The ladies are like that too. I'm gonna say that. The ladies fit, I mean well, I think they're this is a large and I've washed it once and I find it fits probably the way I normally would wear one, but I agree that has a little more length to it, which I like. I mean, of course, you can always alter your own if you wanted to show midriff, but Yeah, short T-shirts are a bane of my existence, so I like the extra length.
1: Yeah. Anyway, they're really, really nice, and we're really proud of uh, all the new products. And, (coughs) um, again, if you want to get them for Christmas, which is great, then you better get your order in really soon because, as you know, Mm -hmm. the minute you start getting into December, the mail takes four or five weeks, right? So,
2: Yeah, it really slows down. So don't don't put it off thinking you can do it another time. Go right now, firearmrights.ca or ccfr.ca. And go to the merch shop and browse around because I've only brought a small selection of the new stuff so there might be something there that might interest you more
1: yeah there's so, a, yeah yeah, there's a lot of stuff there, yeah, all right I think we uh I think we covered everything
2: I think we did it
1: awesome yeah, well, great. thanks for the update and uh we've got a couple more podcasts before uh, the end of the year, but we'll we'll yep. see you in the next one
2: okay, we'll see you then.
1: All right, that's gonna do it for episode 154 of the CCFR radio podcast. I only had I only have one thing to go over with you before I, I let you go, and that is field officer of the month for October 2023, which is our good friend Josh Malcolm over on Vancouver Island. Congratulations, Josh. You are field officer of the month. And uh, if you weren't aware, what you get is a year's free subscription to Canadian Access to Firearms, uh, CATF, the the newspaper. Compliments of our great friend Donovan over at CATF. Thanks, Donovan, for that. And you'll also get a $100 gift card for the CCFR online store, which, as you now know, has all new merchandise just in time for Christmas. That's the big plug there. But uh, anyway, thanks so much for your work, Josh, and we really appreciate it. And as I always kind of say when we talk about Field Officer of the Month, like, Nothing like the stuff that I do things, Tracy does things, and the staff do things at the CCFR. And everything else that you see from the CCFR wouldn't happen without volunteers. And to me, one of the greatest gifts that you can give anyone is is your time because you only have so much of it. So it's just, you know, as I've always said, it's just very meaningful, um, you know, the, the people that we have uh, as our volunteers taking time out of their lives to help the CCFR and it just – reinforces that they believe in what we're doing and they believe that they should be fighting for their legal ability to own and use firearms, right? So thank you, Josh, for your efforts. and really appreciate it. All right, now I had some other things I was gonna cover, but I've had to do, uh, as usual, the TV show and the podcast today, and I was on uh, Wild Talk, which is um, Wild TV's kind of um, online talk show that, show that shows up on their network as well. So it's been really busy, so I don't have time to cover everything. But the reason I'm bringing it up is, there's so much content that we haven't touched on, like clips and you know Senate hearings, and there's all kinds of really good stuff there. So I would imagine as we get closer to the holidays and throughout the holidays, maybe um, maybe even a little bit in the New Year, because Parliament isn't sitting till the end of January. Maybe I'll be able to dig up some of that stuff because I find that some of those clips to be actually quite fun and um, they're good for a good laugh. So anyway. We'll do a little bit more of that, but rest assured there's tons of content still coming uh, between now and, and February, all right? Anyway, thanks for watching. Take care, everyone. Go to ccfr.ca. Check out the new merch just in time for Christmas if you get your order in quickly. And if you want to become a member or uh, support the CCFR, you can always do that, ccfr.ca or firearmrights.ca or the Insiders Group. You can check out that uh, information on that on the website as well. Anyway, thanks again for your support. Take care, we'll see you in the next one.
0: This is another episode of the CCFR radio podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.